and hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> oh God, I don't know why that squeaky one happened. Welcome to the Possibly Haunted Podcast. And welcome back to the Possibly Haunted Podcast. That one was better. Less squeaky. 10 out of 10. I'm good at this. Now before we start today's episode, I would like you to get good and cozy. It is winter when this is coming out, and I just feel like turning into a human blanket, and I'm sure a lot of other people do too, uh, that are at least in the northern hemisphere, and so I have a drink recommendation for you. So if you'd like to pause this episode and then run to your local Starbucks. I, I have seen a recipe from a TikTok creator who is a kitchen witch. Uh, her name is Lizzie and the Bats. And she has what she calls her money magic mocha. Now, uh, the holidays for me is always a time when I'm like, mm, I could make more money. Because uh, everything's a little bit hectic. Everyone's going a little bit crazy, and I'm spending money out of my nose because I want to get nice things for people who I love. And it's just all a part of the rush, and everyone can use a little bit of extra cash, so why not have a little moment of kitchen witchery with Lizzie and the Bats' uh, Money Magic Mocha. Now, according to the order uh, that I see on this TikTok, it is a grande mocha. I'm sure you could get a venti if you're really up for it. Um, with two pumps of mocha, oat milk, and cinnamon powder. The coffee provides a little bit of stimulation, you know, getting us going both financially and, you know, spiritually, because some of us require caffeine to function as adults. Um, then the oat milk and cinnamon powder and the chocolate all attract wealth. And so that is just something a little fun so we can get cozy with our mochas and start this podcast. And now that we're nice and cozy and hopefully you have a wonderful fluffy blanket and possibly a, an animal of some sort that you like to cuddle, um, or a person, but you know, animals are preferable, <laughs> um, I would like to talk about spirituality. Specifically, I'm not talking about the my usual thing, which is kitchen witchcraft and stuff like that. I am um, on a bit of a wormhole currently about uh, Victorian-era spirituality and the practices that were debunked during that time. So I just wanted to touch on a few that I thought were particularly interesting, maybe talk about Houdini a bit, and we'll just have a nice little chat. Now, the spiritualist movement that I am thinking of right now starts in 1840s New York with the Fox Sisters. Um, so the Fox Sisters were able to crack their toe knuckles um, to fool their mother and to thinking that they were like little raps, little taps, like knocks 
that were um, sending messages. Um, they, the act did eventually expand quite a bit, and unfortunately, um, they did not die happy deaths in the end because of everything with the fame and the fallout and um, losing touch with each other because of it, and it was very sad. There are another, uh, many, many other podcasts who go into more depth about uh, the Fox sisters. I believe last podcast on the left did something on them. Uh, don't quote me on that. Now it's really, e- it's super, super easy to just um, kind of be like, ha ha ha, who would believe in that? But a lot of leading scientists 100% believed in spiritualism as a way of contacting the other side and to create some sort of interaction so you could have uh, closure if someone passed on and you could see how they're doing and that they're doing okay after death because death is an incredibly um, monumental moment for a lot of people um, in their lives and in their experiences. Of course, it's in your life it would be, but other people's death is also monumental. Um, so scientists like uh, Edison and Alexander Graham Bell, uh, who was the inventor of the telephone, experimented experimented with tools for spirit transmissions and tried to view them as the next natural evolution of communication technology. So it would be like, um, you know, you could talk with people across an ocean, so why can't you try to um, cross the invisible planes into the spiritual dimension? Now doing a giant fast-forward, uh, to 1920, Houdini uh, is bef- has befriended one of spiritualism's most ardent supporters, which is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who is the author of the Sherlock Holmes mysteries. He is also a medical doctor, but that's not what you're going to know him for. <laughs> now, unfortunately, this friendship did not last because of their vastly different beliefs on spiritualism. But even so, it is interesting to see that they did have a friendship, despite their vastly different views. The The legend behind uh, Houdini's search for a real medium is that he was devastated by the loss of his mother, who he loved so immensely, and he could not find a way to contact her, and could not find a, a medium who could not be deceptive in um, their communication with his deceased mother and so he went on this mission to prove that all of them were fake. Now I have no insight into Houdini's mindset or nor do I really know what happened but that I just think that that's an interesting narrative that they have going there. But it is interesting to see what sort of tricks that were uh, revealed by his mission to expose mediums as fakes and the interesting ways in which uh, people created a feeling of something mysterious. One of the uh, ways that was published in a magazine in 1925 that mediums were um, creating this effect of uh, a floating voice in the seance room would be everything would be very very dark and everyone would be holding hands in a circle and while they're all holding hands the medium in quotation marks would do these twitchy jerking movements as if in 
the quote from the magazine is, is as if in the throes of sublime ecstasy. Um, so while he's doing that and kind of like jerking his wrist, the, the person who has his hand will maybe like lose track of it for a second. Um, but he can transfer the grip of the hand um, from his left hand over to the right hand where he has the other person and he has have the two people who are sitting next to him on either side hold hands in the circle so it feels like the bond has never been broken um, especially if they're sitting close enough and usually people are sitting pretty close then he'd bring out it this like horn uh you know i i i'm describing it as one of those hearing horns that they did it looks like um the horn of a trumpet you know and but it doesn't have the mouthpiece it's just that horn bit and he would hold it up to somebody's ear and whisper into it um so it sounds like there's sort of a disembodied floating voice some of the other practices that they would have would be uh, having light projections and mirrors um, that you actually you can see used in haunted mansion stuff. Um, so, for example, the it, it's a more fancy version of it, but you can reflect lights onto mirrors to make it look like there's something floating in the air, which is partially how they create effects like the dancing ghosts in haunted mansion. Um, at Disney and so there would be things like that or they would have cabinets with trap doors in the back and when everything was dark a medium or uh, someone who was helping out the medium would come into the room and because it's dark or they could just get just enough light they might be able to see sort of a silhouette of someone coming into the room who hadn't been there before and so there's a lot of different little ways that these people could create the feeling of this happening. This uh, cabinet trick um, would often create this huge fan club and following for uh, these spiritualists. And so one of the ones in particular um, was known as Miss Mrs. Guppy. Um, she had endless talents and a vast fan club. Uh, <laughs> she would have a cabinet ma ma materialization where mediums would be placed in this cabinet that we had talked about. Um, and then they would have these little limbs poking out from the cabinet and they would light it so they looked like they glowed. Um, on occasion, they would have the full form materialization and the spirit would materialize uh, f apparently from the body of the medium and move within the circle of the sitters. Now, s something that could be a very long research project for somebody, or even maybe not a very long one, but I think a, a substantial research project for someone other than me, um, maybe someone with a more history-focused degree, would be to talk about um, the independence that women gained as performers in these situations. A good number of mediums were women, and there were women who were able to create an independent income, at least somewhat independent, um, from their partners. So 
for example, Florence Cook is the name of a woman who fostered her capacity as a medium um, through societies that had been established, and she cultivated this mediumship uh, and had a very um, licensed and practiced uh, and educated mediumship. And from this, she could create a successful business. So the question that I'm having, and I would love to have this discussion with anyone who wants to talk to me, um, is do you think that these mediums and their practices were predatory? Um, because a lot of these uh, writings and conversations talked about mediums saying they, they were doing it for the the benefit of the person who is reaching out to their family, that they were trying to create a, a connection for the family and some closure. But um, on the other side of things, for example, there was a, uh, an argument between Houdini and a spiritualist named Crotes, uh, C-O-A-T-E-S. And the spiritualist said, my religion goes back to Jesus Christ, Houdini does not know I'm a Christian, and he is trying to say his his practices were all in the sake of being giving and also following um, his prerogatives as an American uh, to choose his own religion. And Houdini said, uh, Jesus was a Jew, and he did not charge $2 a visit as retort, basically saying... Um, I get what you're saying, but also uh, there's a hole in your argument, my good friend. And and as an addendum to that, um, how does that work for you when it comes to um, women in this field? Uh, women at a time when they did not have independent incomes very easily gaining independent incomes through spiritualism and essentially exploitation of uh, grieving people. Or do you not think it's exploitation? I think this is a very interesting and could be a very nuanced discussion, and I would be very happy to hear your input. So, if you would like to give your input, ha ha ha, segue, um, we have all of the social medias. We have a uh, Instagram, we have a Facebook, we have an email. We have a Twitter. If you would like to talk to me and tell me how much you just love Houdini or you just love Sir Arthur Conan Doyle or you 100% believe in mediums or you 100% do not or mediums really helped you through a time in your life, I'm, I'm genuinely interested to hear um, input because I have my own prejudices, I will say, going into this. Um, but at the same time, I think it is a really cool topic. And I like the idea of uh, someone hiding in a closet and pretending to be a ghost. It gives me very much, um, in my head, it's all very, uh, you know, Christmas story uh, with Ebenezer Scrooge and then his friend coming with the chains and shaking them. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. That's just what I have in my brain. And I would be interested to hear what you have in yours. So I hope you enjoyed your little mini episode, your ice cream socials, and I will talk to you very soon.
Goodbye.